0: Thanks, Andrew. How good is it to see Andrew up on his feet as well? That's a real blessing and uh, some great reports there from the surgeon which we praise God for. Well, it's a joy to serve with you today uh, on our Vision Sunday and across all the services, I'm sharing a little bit of an update of um, where God has been leading us as a church, where God is calling us into for the future. If you're new to Bridgman, I pray this will give you a little insight into our heart as a church. And maybe even the part that God is calling you into as part of um, what he is doing through us and our heart for our local community as well. Uh, in July last year, beginning of the new financial year, we released our Unwavering Faith. I shared the Unwavering Faith vision booklet, uh, vision, vision, with you and the booklet that goes alongside with that. These are available today because I want to give you a bit of an update, how we're tracking, where we're up to, um, up, up to this point in time. And the kids, if you haven't gone out, Sunday Buzz is on, don't stay in for my message you'll be bored. So go out, go out, enjoy. Uh, no, you won't be bored, but go out uh, for those, those um, programs that are on for you as well. Sunday Switch on as well. Feel free to go on out. Can we encourage the kids, in fact, as they go out now, it'd be great. Let's do that. So I'm going to update us on some of these visions as well as where God's leading us. And so um, let me just give you a bit of an update of how we're tracking where we're up to. Um, now that we're just over halfway through this vision cycle, in terms of our church planning and networking, we had a vision to start these online hubs uh, uh, that we were inspired by Alan and Sue Hartley up at Seasons at Caloundra, this model where they gathering together with a group of believers to watch online. And we thought, wow, God, can we multiply this? And we've been so excited to see that vision actually get up and running. Um, and Corinity, the Queensland Baptist care arm, heard about this and they've partnering with us and we can't wait to help her. We are in the process of getting that out across their residential care locations, uh, as well as their 800 in-home care residents that they go to each week as well to be able to offer this as an outreach. So we're so excited and Carly and the team have been doing an amazing job in that space. We had a heart to establish a, a partnership between Bridge Care Limited, our care arm, and TrueFeller which is the ministry that um, Pastor Billy and Luke and the team have been involved in up there at Dolby. If you're not familiar with Truefella, they do an amazing work alongside indigenous young people who have been caught up in the youth justice system. Uh, and they have programs out there at, at uh, Dolby on their Bethel property. And they've seen God just do some amazing work in just um, them experiencing God's love and transformation in their lives. In fact, I caught up with Billy... Just recently, and was just sharing, I wish I had time to share some of the incredible, incredible stories of what God's doing. But we had a vision to establish this partnership. We're able to do that. And Bridge Care Limited, we able to gift Truefella $100,000 through our care arm. And that's on top of the $75,000 we already give as a church. So it was 175 we went to them. Isn't that a great church? We're able to do that and support that ministry through Bridge Care. Um, One prayer point there, would you pray for Billy's wife, Vicky? As you know, she's been on a cancer journey and God's been doing an amazing work in helping her. But just recently, um, she had news that her cancer has returned and she's got to recommence treatment. She's a really key part of that ministry. And so would you pray again? In fact, I'm going to pray right now, just just to pray briefly for Vicky. Let me do that. Lord, we want to lift up um, Billy and Vicky to you now. We thank you for this mighty ministry that you're doing. And so, Lord, we're praying for your healing touch again, Lord. Guide the doctors, Lord, but supernaturally come upon her, we pray, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In terms of our regional church partnerships, we were just praying. We'd just seen the blessing of that, helping regional churches. Well, actually, it wasn't us being blessed as much as us blessing other churches. More recently, we've been chatting with Longreach Baptist Church just in the last week or so. And uh, they're going to be using some of our online our service recordings because they've got a heart to grow their own little online ministry to, to some of their church attendees who are on properties, like a couple of hours out of town. And as you can imagine, it's pretty tough sometimes getting into church. You thought 30 minutes, 40 minutes was hard getting to church, two hours out on a property. When the weather's not good, they can't get in there. And they've got a real passion to start up an online ministry. So we've been helping them. We're going to make available um, some of our online services as well, our recordings, which we're excited about. We also, in terms of um, local outreach, had a heart to launch a Building Stronger Families vision, where our heart was to strategically use the Alpha Parenting course and the Alpha Marriage course to bless people across our own community, but beyond that, across our local community. As you know, anyone who's a parent um, knows the challenges of parenting. We know the needs right across our community in terms of parenting and marriage as well. And so Yuri and Narisha Engelbrecht put their hand up and said, hey, we're, happy, we're keen, we're excited to lead this vision. They got up our first parenting course last year. Over 50 came and were a part of that. Uh, we, were able to, we had Nikki and Celia Lee here with us from the UK, which was amazing, who put together those courses. We ran our marriage online course, which Carly read, led as well. So it was great to see that vision get up and running and more plans unfolding for the year ahead. We had a vision to hold um, Alpha church-wide training. God put this on our heart to train people right across the church, to empower people, equip people to run their own Alpha courses as God led them. And what a night it was to be at that Alpha training where 300 gathered together. A really inspiring night, really encouraging night. We've heard some great stories flow on from that as well. Our heart also in terms of local outreach was to expand the Soul op shop. What an amazing ministry that's been in terms of a bridge into our community and reaching out to people. And one of the big um, visions there was to be able to renovate the kitchen up there in the op shop. Well, praise God. I think we've got some photos. The renovation is now well underway, and uh, we're hoping that'll be completed in the next few weeks or so. And I do want to just say a big thanks to the team involved in getting that kitchen together. Dave Williams, Nick Pillinger-Burns, John O'Donnell with all the electrical, Simon Vidler, the plumbing, Dave Irwin involved, Richard and Brad Challenor with all the cabinetry. Can we thank that amazing team, all the gifts of the body working together? And Nikki and the team are really excited about seeing that kitchen come online. It'll help them enormously in terms of being able to welcome more people in there. Another vision we had in terms of local outreach was to expand the capacity of Bridge Care, our care ministry, the amazing work Pastor Jody and Myra and all that team do. And a key part of that vision was to be able to get this new um, Bridge Care shed Up and constructed. Well, again, praise God, we've got photos just in the last uh, month or so. The shed's now gone up, the concreting's been done around it, and we're now getting ready for the fit out stage of that shed. That'll increase the capacity of our weekly bridge care teams to go out to help people in their homes, as well as a hamper packing area custom built, which Myra is so excited about, so we can send even more hampers out across our community. A big thanks to Chris Richards, who's sort of coordinated done a big job coordinating that project, as well as Ray Sinclair, he's put input there as well. Dave Williams again helping. David Jones did all the concreting through his concreting business. Sam Bowden with Earthworks. Simon Vidler again with the plumbing. John O'Donnell, Don Buchanan with the concreting, including Brian and Jim and others. I know there's more involved, I've forgotten, but can we thank all of these people involved? You might not have even seen the Bridge Care shed because it's tucked right up over the back, right up the back property, but it looks amazing and we're so excited about how that's going to help increase our capacity to love and care for people across our community. Another local mission vision we had was to launch Streetlight uh, in the city as well. Our Streetlight team had this prompting that they wanted to duplicate what they were doing down at the local park here and take it to the city well, praise God, that's now been running for about five or six months now, and they've been having a big impact, thanks to um, Ben Pitt and Dave and Sarah Dixon and all the Streetlight team just doing an amazing job. I just want to read to you an email update I got from Ben just, just a week or so ago from after a Streetlight City Night. This is what he wrote, super encouraging email. He said, The Lord has brought a great victory as the city cries out, Approximately 150 last night, and we got to pray for seven people. I prayed for one fellow. As soon as I said amen, another fellow asked me to pray for him. We had five freshly homeless people, three guys and two girls, and we were able to give them a tent and whatever we could get for them. Everyone seemed overwhelmed by their situation, and I offered to pray for everyone, and everyone said yes. MicroProjects, Projects, the community service group, is now referring people down to us. The guys and girls we get to pray with are sometimes high and spiritually broke with wounds which need mending. But what an opportunity to break Satan's chains of oppression. We get to love each person just as they are. And from that, their hearts are open to trust us, to listen to their problems and to pray for them. I cannot help but think the Lord has heard their cries and sent us as his representatives to show his love. We are seeing the hardest of hearts finally soften. Towards the end of the night, cheers went out as the song Cotton Joey came on. It must have been the spirit, Ben said. (laughs) I couldn't help but dance. I saw Arnie walking and tried to do do with her, but she wasn't having a bar of it. But everyone was laughing and cheering. Arnie was laughing at me. It unified us as a community tonight. By the grace of God, we have been able to set up and defend a loving and welcoming space. We are repeating a harvest in the heart of the city. I cannot help but think for those who have been forgiven, much love, much love. The Lord's hand is working mightily. I cannot help but feel that a spiritual tsunami is in the works. How good is that church? Doesn't that encourage you and fill you with faith? So encouraging what God is doing in there. Keep praying for that team. In terms of cross-cultural outreach, we had a vision to um, launched our English online platform, which we've been working towards for some time. Let me read to you a little bit what um, Yvonne Evans, who coordinates our English on ministry, what she wrote in the newsletter this week. She says, "'After 12 months of development and testing, "'the new English online platform was successfully launched "'on Saturday 3rd of February, just over a week ago. "'In the first week, an enthusiastic 33 students "'dipped their toes in the water and enjoyed the experience.'" At the time of writing, 94 new and returning students have committed by signing up to a new account. Isn't that amazing? We can now offer students the ability to read the website content in their own language at the click of a button. An invitation to download the Bible app and access links to Alpha courses. New look, easy to read PowerPoint lessons that are coordinated with the website style. And what hasn't changed is the opportunity to connect and share life with students as they practice speaking English based on everyday topics. Our team is also privileged to support them in prayer when facing life challenges. I think we've got some images up there of the platform, what it looks like. This is what Pastor Andrew wrote as well. He said, thanks so much for all those who have prayed and invested into this project. I was so encouraged as I joined the online class on Saturday a week ago, meeting students who had clicked in from various parts of the world. Students were asked in their lesson to describe compassion, One student said you teachers from Bridgman show us compassion. You help us and encourage us. When my husband died, you cared for me. It was amazing to see that even online, the love of Jesus is shining through to these students and strong relationships are being built. Isn't that awesome, church? Can we encourage Yvonne and Andrew, Caleb Harwin to work so hard on that. And as you know, our vision once we've tested it and got to make sure we've wind all the bugs out, we're going to release that for free to other churches. We can't wait to do that. In terms of prayer and discipleship, we had a vision to implement the Building a Discipleship Culture Training, which has um, been put together by Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne and some of our leadership team commenced that program, that training. And we also had a heart to, uh, a vision to run a church-wide training event, uh, particularly around the Bible Discovery Method, which is part of that Discipleship Culture Training where people are trained just to read the Bible with a person of peace, with a friend, someone that they know. And we were able to do our church-wide training day. Again, 300 people came out. And I've heard so many stories of people, um, how that just equipped them and empowered them and have been able to have opportunities to read the Bible with people of peace in their lives. In terms of our media and tech side of things, we had a vision to renew our website. And praise God, thanks to our amazing team, particularly Alec Camplin. We've been out just recently, the last few weeks, release our new website. We thank Alec and the team who've worked so hard on that as well. It's been amazing. In terms of staffing and raising up and equipping more people for ministry, last year we appointed in July when we launched this vision. Carly came on board as our online pastoral carer and online hubs coordinator. She's just done an amazing job. Uh, at the same time, we appointed Scott and Emily as uh, Scott and Emily McLeod as our pastoral interns for church planning with our heart to church plan again in this season ahead. We also um, had a vision uh, to put on some pastoral interns which we did just last Sunday over here with us, Mitch and Ash coming on in the kids and youth and young adult space and then we also had a vision um, to call a children's pastor which we've done today with Sarah as well. So as you look back over this vision booklet already in just this last season of time, God has done so much. Uh, and so I want to say thank you, church, for praying. Thank you for sowing into these visions. And I think we should give thanks to God. Let's put our hands together and thank Him for all He's done already. You know, at the start of this year, as I was looking back over 2023, I honestly um, looked back and thought this that it had been one of the most Last year was one of the most fruitful seasons of ministry that I have ever known or experienced. This is my 20th year of ministry that I'm I'm stepping into. And and as I look back, I thought, God, that was incredible. Like what you did. We just heard stories of people with no church experience or background or faith background, just prompted by the Spirit of God to come to church. But not only did they just come, but it's like they'd already had this understanding of the gospel that, that the Spirit of God had been revealing to them as they were researching things for themselves. We had... Some of our largest Alpha courses we've ever held here as a church was incredible. More people than ever were mobilised and equipped for ministry through the training that we did, which was exciting to see. The number of people being baptised just went through the roof, which was was so exciting as well. And the presence of the Holy Spirit here with us each week as we just worshipped and prayed and sought Him together. And I know it's not just me that felt like that because so many of you have come to me and said, wow, it's incredible what God is doing among us. And the good news is it's not just limited to this church. I want to tell you that this is happening across many churches in our city and beyond that as well. And this is what we've been praying for, isn't it, church? We've been praying for a move of the Spirit of God across our community, across our city and beyond. And In many senses, we're seeing that unfold. But as I was praying over this year, as I looked back and was giving thanks, I felt God challenging me for this year ahead. And the challenge that I felt God giving really clearly to me was this challenge. It was Nathan, praise God, you know, for all that's taken place. But Nathan, do you have faith for more, is what I sensed him saying. Now, for those of you who know me well will know that I'm naturally a, a risk-averse person. Okay, You will never, I'm telling you now, don't buy me a jump out of a plane present. I won't be jumping out of a plane or bungee jumping. That is not uh, who I am. I'm, uh, I'm more risk-averse. I'm cautious. I can be prone to over-worry about things, over-analyse things. My natural inclination is just to play it safe. That's just how I'm wired. Um, I'm happy with the familiar to stay in my comfort zone, I think that's great, why would you need to step out of your comfort zone, that's a good place to be. So when I sense God saying to me, do you have faith for more? My mind immediately goes to asking a number of questions, a whole lot of questions, my mind goes to the practical implications of that, well what does that mean God, what do you mean faith for more? I think you're already doing a lot, it's amazing what you're doing. What does that mean practically? What are the implications of that? What would that mean in terms of the complexities of ministry or or you know how that would stretch us stretch me and stretch us as a church out of our comfort zone? What would that look like? But as I've been praying about it, giving thanks for last year, I just felt God saying again and again, but do you have faith for more? Do you have faith for more? And the passage that particularly God put on my heart, was Ephesians 3. And I want to share from this passage briefly this morning. I'm going to read it to us and then just share some things that really stood out for me here. But let me read this to you. Ephesians 3, verse 7. Paul's speaking. He says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach... To the Gentiles, the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages was kept hidden, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, through his body, through us here this morning, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purposes that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Praise God that we can do that. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being, More than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, not our power, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I've been challenged by this passage because if you look at Paul's circumstances, if you know his situation, you'll know that he'd faced plenty of trials and sufferings. He talks about it here beatings, shipwrecked. Time in prison as he was trying to proclaim the gospel, he was facing the growing complexities of more churches as was, you know the gospel was going forward, more believers, more churches, it was getting complex. But despite all of this, he's not discouraged, he still has faith for more, immeasurably more, is what he says. Why does he have this faith? Well, it's because he knew God's heart of love for the people in the world. in in this world that he was ministering to. He knew the need and he knew that he served a big God, a mighty God. If we look at this passage, we see that Paul prays that they will have faith for more of three things. It's almost like a staircase that he is climbing up and each one that he prays for builds on the next until he reaches this high point. And the first thing that he prays for is that the people, the believers will have faith for more of God's strength. Verse 16 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. When Paul's talking about the inner being, he's talking about our soul or our heart. He's talking about a spiritual strength that, that comes through Christ indwelling us, uh, strengthening from within. One writer says this the main idea is that just as the ill or infirm need to be strengthened so they can take in all that life has to offer, so also God's children need to be inwardly strengthened to receive all the blessings God desires for them. Paper bags are not fit containers for valuables. And when I go to the shops to get the groceries, I have this habit, I'm pretty sure this is a guy thing, I always forget to take the shopping bags with me, always forget. Get there, and so I get through to the shopping line and I have to buy a bag and I buy the paper bag, the cheapest one I can get, and I only buy one because I'm not buying more than one. And I just shove in as many of the groceries as I can possibly fit in this one poor little paper bag. But inevitably, the bag is just not strong enough to hold and it starts to tear and rip and I sort of go to the car and pour it all into the, into the boot of the car. But this is what Paul's talking about here. He's saying, I'm praying that you as believers will be strengthened because God wants to pour his blessing out. God has a big mission and you're gonna need his strengthening because he's got so much he wants to do. And so Paul is praying that you'll be strengthened. This is the the first faith for more of his strength so that we're able to, to be a part and to be able to be ready to step forward into all the things that God longs to do in and through our lives. There's a famous pastor, preacher, who used to say this quote, He said, the good news is Jesus is praying for you. The bad news is that you're going to need it. (laughs) How true is that on the journey of life? I don't know about you, but I need God's strengthening. Life is full of challenges. Life is full of uh, situations and circumstances that can so easily feel it overwhelms us. Maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I made it. I've just got to church this morning. We need God's strength, don't we? Well, the good news is, is that God promises to strengthen us. And this is for Sarah as well this morning, Um, just a word for her, that God's promised to strengthen us. Listen to Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, God says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, he says. He promises to strengthen us. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a promise to take hold of this morning. What a blessing to know it's not our strength, it's his strength, his power at work through our weakness. So the first thing we need faith for more of is more of God's strength for the things that he's calling us to, yet that, yet that he longs to do among us as his people. The second is faith for more of God's love, verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul mixes metaphors here. He uses the term rooted, which is an agricultural term. And then he says established, which is uh, uh, talking about a foundation. It's an architectural term. But the, 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 the meanings go together really well, like trees, our lives, are uh, to be about sending our roots down deep and wide into the soil of God's love. Until we experience God's love in our lives, we will be on a shaky, shaky ground. And in the same like buildings, our lives here on earth have to have deep, solid foundations of God's love. This is the the key starting point for us in the journey of faith, to know and to experience and to understand and encounter how much God loves us. That while we were far from Him, He was pursuing us with His love. That nothing we can do can make him love us less or more. He already loves us, us with a, an unfailing um, love that is too big for us to even comprehend. But until we really get this, we're not on that strong foundation. But if we are properly rooted and properly constructed on a foundation of love, nothing will be able to shake us. On the 8th of February last year, students at Asbury University in the States gathered together in the Hughes Auditorium Uh, for just another regular chapel service, or so they thought. On the day, the speaker was the um, pastor or chaplain there at the Asbury Asbury University called Zach Meerkriebs, and he was preaching. He just shared a very simple message, but the message was about the love of God for them. Love of God for each person there, his incredible love. His text was Philippians 2. And he was teaching about the sacrificial love of Jesus. And he inquired of the students that day to determine how they love one another and what is the true source of that love. This is what he said to the students. You can watch the message online. Pressure's off. You can't love the way this verse speaks. Philippians 2, talking about how Jesus loves. You can't love the way this verse speaks. Do you know that? You are loved by Jesus. Stop striving. Stop wearing this heavy burden of oh, "I've got to love because I'm a Christian." No, you've got to love because you've tasted and seen the goodness and love of God. And at the end of the sermon, he prayed that the students would be overwhelmed, would not just know but actually encounter the love of God, that they'll experience the kind of love that God has for them, because that's the love the world needs, is what he prayed, and he prayed over them. And what happened? The Spirit was poured out. And the Asprey revival broke out. That went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. One person wrote this, anyone who has been to the revival shares there is a sweetness in the air, a tangible love of God is being felt by many around the country. God is clearly showing this generation his relentless love and pursuit of them to change and transform their hearts for one another. This is exactly what Paul is praying for the believers. He's praying the same way, their faith for, that they have faith for even more of God's love. They have power to comprehend, to understand. Kyle Alderman shares the following. He says, the way to grow in love isn't to summon up love feelings. The way to grow in love is to be loved. We receive God's love. We're filled with it. And it starts to overflow out of us. We don't conjure up love, we are conduits of it. Isn't that good? Isn't that helpful for us to understand? This is to be our prayer to have faith for more of God's love to be poured into our hearts and through our, our lives to our world around us as well. And the final prayer is faith for more of God's fullness. It says this in verse 19, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, it's a bit of a confusing verse. What, what's Paul talking about here? Fullness is a characteristic word in Ephesians, it comes up a lot in Colossians as well. And in Colossians, Paul tells us that not only that God's fullness dwells in Christ, but that also that in Christ we ourselves as believers have come to fullness because Christ now dwells within us, right? So we have the fullness of God in us because Christ dwells in us. So why now, this is where it's confusing, why is Paul praying for believers who have already been brought to fullness in Christ, why would he be praying that they would experience God's fullness if they've already got that? Well it seems seems on the surface as though Paul is praying for things that he says elsewhere that the believers is already true for them, they already have this. What's Paul on about here? Well what he's on about, if you read all the writers around this The only way to understand what he is saying is this, it's that really, uh, if it's really true that all Christians have Christ dwelling in their hearts by faith, then he must be saying it's one thing to have that fullness, it's another thing to actually experience it and know. It's one thing to know we've got the fullness, it's another thing to know the fullness of God, to experience it. It's like... One thing to, it's, it's like it's one thing to have money in the bank, it's another thing to actually draw on that money. You hear stories, don't you, of people who have these millions of dollars in a trust fund, they don't even know that's there. They're living poor in all the time they could be drawing upon this, these resources for them. It's, it can be true for us spiritually as well. It's one thing to actually have the fullness of God, to know it. It's another thing to actually experience it. And Paul is trying to say here, to us as believers, to the believers he's writing to, you, you've hardly even tapped the depth of God's love and power and strength. You've got to understand that. It's vast. It's so much more than what you can fully comprehend. You've tasted just a couple of drops out of an ocean. There's so much more he wants us to know and experience in our journey with him. Tim Keller shares the story of two men to illustrate this. Both of these men were um, geniuses, extremely cerebral, tremendously intellectual um, men. Um, But this is a bit of their story. One was Blaise Pascal, who Steve mentioned last week in his message, great mathematician, laid the foundation uh, for modern um, probability and statistics. When he died, they found in his coat, sewn into his coat, a little diary section from his journal of an experience that he had He was a believer, an experience that he had with God that he kept with him all the time, sewn into his coat. They found this. Let me read to you just a little part of what it said in that little note. It said, In the year of grace, 1654, Monday 23rd of November, the day of St. Clement, from about half past 10 in the evening until about half an hour after midnight, fire. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned, Certainty, joy, emotion, sight, joy, forgetfulness of the world and all outside of God. The world was, has not known thee, but now I have known thee. Joy, 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 tears of joy. My God, do not leave me. Let me not ever be separated from you. What is place Pascal describing here? What happened to him? Christ dwelled in his heart in that moment. He experienced it, the reality of it. Jonathan Edwards wrote in his diary, Once as I rode out into the woods for my health in 1737, having alighted from my horse in a retired place, as my manner commonly has been, to walk for divine contemplation and prayer, I had a view that for me was extraordinary of the glory of the Son of God. The person of Christ appeared ineffably excellent with an excellency great enough to swallow up all thought and conception, which continued as near as I can judge about an hour, which kept me the greater part of the time in tears and weeping aloud. I felt an ardency of soul to be what I know not otherwise how to express, emptied and annihilated, to lie in the dust and to be full of Christ alone, to love him with a holy and pure love, to trust him, to live upon him, to serve and follow him, and to be perfectly sanctified and made pure with the divine and heavenly purity. What happened to Jonathan Edwards? The same thing. He grasped in that moment, didn't just know about it, but actually took hold of the width and the breadth and the depth of God's love for him. He experienced the fullness of God in his life. Keller says it's typical today to say that people that have these kinds of religious experiences are excitable, uneducated people, but these are two of the greatest intellects that ever lived. Very conservative in their faith, beliefs, but they experienced this. They knew the thing they had known, but they hadn't known the reality. They had a little glimpse, a little taste of the fullness of God. So let me ask you this morning, as I ask myself this question... What what have we settled for in our faith journey? What have we settled for? Do we know something like this? Do we know the fullness of Christ indwelling us in our hearts? Not just know about it, but know it and experience it. You may say, I know I'm filled with the fullness, but do you know the fullness? I don't know about you, but I long to know the fullness of God in my life. I long for this to be our experience as a body of believers, that this would be... For us, part of our journey, I long for a reviving move of the Holy Spirit amongst these people, as Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled." He said. I can't wait for our prayer series study next week because part of that is we seek God together and pray and ask Him to fill us with all the fullness of God Himself, that we would know and encounter His love—not just know about it, but experience it among us you know i believe that god as calling us as his people at the start of this new year he's calling us to have a faith for more immeasurably more in fact more of his strength more of his love filling us more of his fullness in our lives this is what he's calling us to and i believe he's asking us to pray for an even greater move of his spirit in our midst and beyond. That our Alpha courses will keep expanding further again. That there'll be a further equipping and mobilising of people right across our church family. That there'll be even more baptisms in the airhead. That we pray that would be the story. A deeper desire across our church to know more of Jesus, to live wholeheartedly for Him. God has not called us to do comfortable church, has He? That's not what we're here for. He has called us to step out in faith and trust. He is the God of the immeasurably more. There's so much more need in our community and our God loves this community. He loves our world. He loves this city. And we're to pray God strengthen us today. Strengthen us so you can pour out more of your blessing. Fill us, lead us. You know, we need the heart of every person with a heart to see God's kingdom come in this community, in this city. The needs around us are great. If you're new to Bridgman or you've been coming for a little while, I just want to employ you of God saying, this is where you've got to put your roots down. This is where you're called to be. We need your help. We need you to be a part of what God is doing. So many opportunities, so many things that God is calling us to be a part of. Part of that is the financial resourcing of the visions. I just want to take a moment. We don't talk about the finances here much at all, but I do want to take a moment to say thank you to so many of you who are just sowing so faithfully, so generously so sacrificially to enable all the things we've been talking about in this booklet to be able to take place. I'm continually humbled by the heart of generosity in this place. We put a need out like at Christmas, the needs in Congo, and people just give generously, $60,000, gone, given away. And that's in the midst of, I know there's plenty of pressure financially, plenty of stresses there as well, but I want to say thank you for your heart. But I do want to give you a little update as we're just over halfway through our journey, how we're tracking financially. Um, Some of you... Um, the part of this will just be uh, praying that God will be prompting you and maybe this is part of the call God's given to you or how he's enabled you in this season to help contribute to some of the visions that God's calling us into but just a little update how we're tracking in terms of our regular budget we're tracking around $2,300 um, behind each week which is about $72,000 year to date which we're behind budget we're just trusting God and praying you'll continue to help us and um, take care of that, as he's done so many times before. In terms of our Unwavering Faith Fund, which is to fund our church planning vision we're praying into, our online hubs, our heart to go back to the Solomons. We've raised just over half of that $250,000, still over $100,000 to go there. But we're trusting God um, that he's going to provide, as he's done before. But I would encourage you, if God's if this is where you call home, if God's enabled you in this season... We are not in the business of pressuring people or anything like that when it comes to finances, but if God has enabled you and you sense God calling and say, yeah, this is home, this is where I want to sow into, Uh, I wanted to um, invite you to pray into that as well. Ask God to see what part he's called you to play in that as well. These booklets are available as you leave too. You can grab these and take them. It's got all the information in more detail in there. But the opportunities the Holy Spirit are opening up are are incredible. Even as I share, there's more things that are unfolding which we are looking forward to sharing about in the coming weeks and months ahead and pray over together as a church. As I finish this morning, I want to share a a little video clip. This was actually put together by our Queensland Baptist movement, but it's actually a, a story from here at Bridgman. Actually, it's not a Bridgman story. It's a God story of what he's done. But I want to show you this little clip just to capture what God is doing in our heart as we pray for faith for even more. So let's check out this little story right now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, Hi, I'm Bethany, and I invited someone to Alpha. So I initially met Lizzie at the dog park um, almost four years ago now. We both had puppies at the same time, um, just the community dog park. We started a friendship there, and then a few months later, baby Willow arrived, and she happened to be quite a challenging newborn. Um, So mum and I had plenty of babysitting and hanging out with Lizzie um, and from there our friendship grew um, to now we've done a few years
1: of friendship and um, life together and yeah. Hi I'm Lizzie and I was invited to Alpha. Um, I think for someone who didn't grow up with religion um, I had very little faith and very little faith in God. Um, I had a few events throughout my life which kind of deterred me a little bit. I mean, I wasn't anti or anything like that. I just wasn't a huge part of my life.
2: Um, So in those years of friendship that we've been developing, um, she's been exposed more and more to our family, um, our safe background, things like that. Um, And along the way, she's had questions and, that have come up about life and faith and things like that, but I never felt like I was qualified to answer them or did a good enough job. Um, but jumping straight into coming to church services felt too big, um, and so Alpha felt like a good starting point to f- help her find some answers and help me have an opportunity to walk that journey with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that, obviously I knew that she was Christian, um, and so I did ask her a lot of tough questions that I don't think that she at the time felt equipped to answer.
2: I guess there was a nervousness um, once I finally sent the message, but for a long time I had felt um, it was the right thing to do and that the friendship was God-ordained, that we were in Lizzie's life for a reason and um, so to walk that journey of a few years of lots of questions and me not knowing how to ask um, and then Ryan from Alpha Australia came and did some training with us here um, and he simply said um, pray ask bring or pray invite bring. Um, I had been praying for a long time and then in the service he helped lots of people um, write a very simple message um, which was come to Alpha, come for a meal let's do it together um, there was lots of people
1: praying for this opportunity as well My side of the story uh, I remember I just received a text message from Beth um, who has been coming to church her entire life um, and she just said like they've got an Alpha course on at church come along, you can ask all the questions that you need to nothing's off laments. Um so I thought why not? I mean, if I could ask all the questions I want to ask and get all the opinions and all that that I need, then what do I have to lose? I think it was probably one of the most valuable moments uh, in over a decade for me because of things that have happened in my life. And at the time when I got the invitation, I was like, oh yeah, we'll give it a go. And now I couldn't thank Beth enough, I think. So, yeah
2: the peace that Lizzie has felt every time she comes to Alpha, um, and it's not something she's experienced before, which is special for me to witness someone, um, yeah, experiencing that um, peace for the first time. And just the community that has played a part in this story. Um, it's not not finished yet, but um, interacting with people here and of those things have yeah, just played a part in um, what we're all praying will be um, an incredible story for years to come.
1: You know I think I've been very honest and open about my journey along the way Um, but slowly but surely getting that faith um, and coming to service and finding that peace. I find a lot of peace here so which I didn't have before.
2: Um, I think What encouraged me was that it actually wasn't on my shoulders. Um, The Holy Spirit had done so much work before I'd even sent the message Um, and it was a simple yes for Lizzie in the end to say yes to
1: come. I think that everyone's normal (laughs) Um, but I think as well like it's a community of people where everyone is just around to help you and they want nothing but good for you. Um, so coming to the Alpha course, I found I made a lot of friendships. Um, don't be scared. Just, just come along. I don't know, like, I can't say that enough because it's helped me a lot.
2: None of it is intimidating. Watching a video, having a chat with some other like-minded people, um, and just exploring faith, ultimately, um, has taught me lots of things as well. And I've really enjoyed the Alpha course, from lots of different perspectives and
1: meeting new people, it's, um, yeah, it's not scary. I would say just take that chance, just do it, because you don't know, there is, there's no, you're not going to be let down by it. If they turn around and say that they don't want to come, it's okay, you're still in a position that you're in, and hopefully one day they'll come back to it. I don't think that you shouldn't take the leap of faith. Um you know, it's changed my life, so, yeah. Well that fantastic. Oh, sorry.
0: Wow. Isn't that powerful? We are praying for that story to be multiplied many, many, many times. Faith for more is our prayer. And so let's join our hearts together now. I'm going to pray ask God to fill us, to help us. Lord, we hear stories like that. And Lord, this is what it's all about for us as a church. This is what we long for, we pray for. And so Lord, we thank you. We look back and we say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. It's been, we're in awe of what you've done. But Lord, we also look forward in faith for even more that you are yet to do, Lord. And so I pray this morning, we just drinking this as your people. We need your strengthening, Lord. Thank you that's it's not dependent upon us or our abilities or our strength, but your strength, Lord. So come, strengthen us by your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love, Lord, I pray. May that be our foundation in everything that takes place, Lord. At that place of knowing how deeply loved we are by you and then that's us being conduits of your love to our love-starved world, how desperately people need to encounter your love. And then, Lord, we pray for more of your fullness, Lord. Not just to know about it, but to actually experience it and encounter that, a hunger and a thirst for more of you, Lord. That's our prayer. This prayer series we're going to launch into, Lord. May we just hear story after story of that, we pray. And so, Lord, together, we join our hearts as one, part of your body, the church, your chosen plan to reach out to our world. Fill us, strengthen us, pour out your love upon us, we pray, so that more and more people We'll come to know your love, that this community be transformed, turned upside down. This city, Lord, will become known as the city of revival where your spirit has been poured out, we pray. This is our prayer. Come, do your work, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.